You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, presenting interviews with famous, fascinating, influential personalities from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Nothing in connection with the human body could possibly be obscene. If you accept the Judeo-Christian philosophy that man was made in the image of God and we have a problem with nudity, then we'd better complain to the manufacturer. Penthouse Magazine founder and publisher Bob Guccione. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. In the world of men's magazines, Hugh Hefner was king of the hill for years as publisher of Playboy magazine. But in 1965, a then 35-year-old laundromat manager, sometime painter, sometime photographer named Bob Guccione, launched a magazine to try to challenge the Playboy empire. He called his new magazine Penthouse. And it became very successful. In fact, by the early 1980s, it had made Bob Guccione one of America's richest businessmen. But Penthouse, Playboy, and Larry Flint's Hustler magazine had also by this time become the targets of conservative and religious groups eager to see them all banished. I met Bob Guccione in 1986, at the height of his battles with like people like Attorney General Ed Meese and Reverend Donald Wildman and the Reverend Jerry Falwell and his moral majority. So, as you can imagine, our interview was... Not really testy, but clearly Bob Guccione was a man on edge. So here now, from 1986, Penthouse publisher Bob Guccione. What is happening in America today? Is, is the Reagan administration, in your view, trying to make us a, a, a society of censorship? Oh, yes. When you consider that uh, one of Reagan's campaign promises was to reduce the size and cost of government, and instead... We wind up with a government that is more ubiquitous than ever before, more expensive than ever before, and more oppressive. The government, far from being withdrawn from the public arena, is now uh, residing in our classrooms, in our boardrooms, and in our bedrooms. And it's my contention that Meese, Jerry Falwell, all of the right-wing extremists and the president himself should stay out of the bedroom and out of our lives. They are acting in concert, in your view? In my opinion, the Mies Commission, the Attorney General's office, has acted in concert with uh, the right-wing religious extremists, particularly the Reverend Donald Wildman, as well as Falwell and the others. Uh, it was Wildman's testimony that was included in Alan Sears' letter, uh, Sears being one of the directors of the Mies Commission, which was addressed to Southland, owners of 7-Eleven, and many other major retail chains in the United States, including uh, people's drugs here in, in, in Washington. And it was that letter, rather than the activities of the fundamentalist community, that caused such huge corporations as Southland to drop penthouse playboy and forum there were though many stores dropping all such adult magazines even long before the letter no that is untrue that's what they say uh, only a few delistings occurred and very very few of them dealt with penthouse and playboy many of the other magazines magazines uh, like hustler which were probably uh, a little more difficult to swallow were dropped but when southland elected to sell men's sophisticates 
adult magazines, they only chose Penthouse, Playboy, and Forum. Those were the only three men's magazines that they carried. What is the difference, draw a distinction for me, between, a, say, a 7-Eleven or People's Drug or whatever, deciding that they're not going to sell Penthouse because more customers prefer other magazines, and them deciding that they're not going to sell Coke because more of their customers prefer Pepsi? Well, it just isn't so. Uh, Penthouse is, the, with the exception of TV Guide, the biggest selling magazine in America, with a readership in excess of 25 million people. Now, that demonstrates that there is a real demand for this kind of a magazine. And for 7-Eleven to take the position that uh, public interest is waning in the men's magazines, the mainline men's magazines, is ridiculous because every single poll that they conducted, every uh, consumer profile that they did shows overwhelmingly that the public wanted the magazines, whether they were personally involved in buying them or not. They wanted them to be kept on sale. Correct me if I'm wrong. Penthouse depends much more on over-the-counter sales of its magazine than Playboy does, as opposed to subscriptions. Is that, that correct? That is right. Penthouse, thank God, is approximately 96% newsstand because subscription uh, subscriptions are very expensive, and those magazines that rely on subscriptions are in a bad way financially because subs cost a lot of money, whereas uh, sales across the counter are, are very profitable. They would seem to be, though, in the ideal position now. What does Playboy care if 7-Eleven isn't going to carry it anymore if they've got a healthy subscription list? Because their subscription list is not healthy. No mm -hmm. subscription list is healthy. Subscriptions cost the publisher a great deal of money. I can tell you that for Playboy to fulfill uh, a subscription costs them a minimum of $17 before the cost of making the magazine, handling it, uh, enveloping it, and putting postage on it. So the cost is enormous. They have to dip into their advertising revenue to pay for that deficit. Deficit. In the case of Penthouse, we make a great deal of money from newsstand sales. And if we lost every single page of advertising that we have, we would still be very profitable. And very, very few magazines can make that statement. You said in um, USA Today last week, sex and erotica under the general umbrella of pornography do not cause crime or antisocial behavior. Yet it seems like the tide of public opinion is exactly the opposite. Are you sure you're on solid ground when you make a statement like that? Absolutely. And the tide of public opinion is a smokescreen created by the fundamentalists. In every single instance, people's drugs in Washington conducted a poll of their consumers only to learn that 96% of them wanted to see the magazines remain on sale. Only 4% were against. Newsweek conducted a national Gallup poll, and the question they asked was, have you ever read a copy of Penthouse and Playboy? The result was 67% of all Americans polled said they had. That means 84% of all men and 50% of all women. So this hardly represents uh, the a groundswell of public opinion against the magazines. The referendum in Maine was defeated by almost three to one, and Maine is a conservative state. Uh, convenience Store News conducted another Gallup poll, a national poll. Only the learned 83% of all those polled wanted to see the magazines on sale, whether they bought them or not, because they don't believe in censorship. 16 were opposed, 16% were opposed, and 1% didn't know. So that demonstrates to me that the public is overwhelmingly behind the sale of these magazines, only because they don't want censorship. 
After this short break, Bob Guccione on what he considers obscene. Who will Now back to my 1986 interview with Bob Guccione. Would you agree, though, that there are a great many people who will agree that a tasteful magazine, Penthouse, Playboy, etc., should remain on a 7-Eleven or a People's Drug Shelf, but you've got what USA Today calls sleazy pictures of sexual perversion and violence. Do you draw a distinction between your publication and those? Certainly. We don't carry sleazy pictures. We don't carry pictures of violence. Um... These are accusations that the fundamentalists make because they have to make those accusations. They need inflammatory causes to get behind in order to extract as much money as they possibly can from their electronic congregation. The fundamentalists need tens of millions of dollars a year to pay for that electronic infrastructure that enables them to speak to so many people. They've got to pay for the commercial radio and television time. And they can't do that by saying, uh, I'm Jerry Fowler and I need more money. I need more money to live. I need to buy another executive jet. I have to hire more bodyguards. That doesn't work. He has to be able to say something to the American public that's going to make them send in their money. He's got to say, look, your daughters are in danger. Your women are in danger. Your families are in danger. Uh, your children are in danger. And the cause for all of this is pornography. You've got to help me stamp it out. And that cost a lot of money. That's their reason. The political reason, uh, as far as beasts and the present administration is concerned, is different. It's a vote-getting uh, medium. They can't get their names in a paper or appear to be doing something on behalf of the American public uh, uh, by going out and, and arresting a few drug dealers. They need a name. They need a cause and a campaign. And we provide that. And they all use the word pornography, which has no legal content whatsoever. If they use the word obscenity, they could never mention Penthouse Playboy or Forum because our magazines are constitutionally protected. They have never, ever been adjudicated obscene in any court of law in this nation. Penthouse is pornography? Never. And besides, I don't know what pornography means. As I say, there's no legal definition to it. Pornography is anything Jerry Falwell wants it to be. If he wants Penthouse to be obscene, uh, uh, rather pornographic, if he wants to be just Digest, TV Guide, or Hill Street Blues to be pornographic, then they are, by his definition, pornographic. Donald Wildman says in the same USA Today page that Penthouse and Playboy and the American Booksellers Association have tried to block his testimony from appearing in the final Mies Commission report. Is that, is that, that accurate? That is not true. We're, we're not trying to block his testimony. What he, said, have he, said, he says you are. He says you're trying to censor out his testimony because they disagree. It isn't true. His testimony in total was included in the Alan Sears letter which was sent to 7-Eleven and a number of other chain stores in the United States. Um, the letter referred to the relevant testimony attached thereto, which was the very testimony in which allegations were made that they, the recipients of the letter, and that means Ramada Inns, Coca-Cola, Columbia Pictures, CBS, and any number of major corporations, Southland, etc., uh, they were accused of selling and distributing pornography. The relevant testimony had no attribution as far as the letter was concerned, and the letter threatened a blacklist. But we discovered that that was the intact testimony of the Reverend Wildman. There was no opposing point of view. So here we have a private interest group 
namely people for uh, decency through law, using a government office, using the attorney general's office to get his imprimatur on their allegations. And here is a man, Donald Wildman, committed to censorship. And for the attorney general to back that up is a very sad comment on this administration. Would there ever be a day when Penthouse or Playboy or anything of this ilk would not be available over the counter? Do you fear that day? It's possible. Very, very remote. But if what is often suggested is happening actually does happen, namely there is a groundswell of public opinion against these magazines, then it's possible. But that so-called groundswell really doesn't exist, although they talk about it all the time. Look at the referendum in Maine. Maine is a conservative state, and yet the obscenity referendum was defeated by three to one, as well as the, the various polls that I mentioned before. All indicate that the American public is not behind censorship, they are not behind Mies, and they are not behind Falwell. In fact, Falwell has recently had to fire 250 people, and his income has dropped off precipitously, and he's lost a number of stations because he can't pay for them. That's because the public is waking up, finally waking up, uh, knowing, understanding that Falwell's heart is not where it should be. Or is it just because there are more and more people like him draining off a set number of dollars. No. No, it remains the same. The evangelical community remains the same. And people just discount what he says. They realize, finally, that he's politically motivated, and they don't like what the present regime is doing politically. They don't like the idea that the government is intruding in our private lives, that police authorities, namely Edward Meese, the highest law enforcement officer in this country, is telling us what we can read and what we can't read. We just, as a people, cannot accept that. And at the same time, Falwell is telling us that we should have a Christian America, and that notion was supported by Bush, who says, I endorse the Forwellian concept of a Christian America. What has that got to say about the atheists among us, the Buddhists, the Jews? Don't they qualify? Are we going to send them all to sea in ships and sink them like so many uh, kittens or mice? What offends you? What do you consider obscene? War. Deprivation. Poverty. Ignorance. These uh, are the true obscenities. Nothing in connection with the human body could possibly be obscene. If you accept the Judeo-Christian philosophy that man was made in the image of God and we have a problem with nudity, then we better complain to the manufacturer. Bob Guccione died in 2010. He was 79. Did you know that you can find interviews with hundreds of other people at our website, heardeverything.com? You'll find all the back episodes of Now I've Heard Everything. And while you're there, be sure and check out my interview with one of Bob Guccione's contemporaries, Hustler Magazine publisher Larry Flint. It's going to come as a surprise to realize all the sex scandals that we're witnessing in politics today existed 250 years ago. And of course, we post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find Now I've Heard Everything on all major podcast platforms. And thank you so much for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, the young woman who became famous as Winnie Cooper on The Wonder Years in the late 80s and early 90s, but we'll hear what she does now. 
my 2007 interview with mathematician Danica McKellar. When I got to college, I never dreamed of being a math major to begin with. I thought I wouldn't be able to hack it in the math classes. And why? Because I didn't think I was a math person. It's crazy, but it's psychological. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Bill Thompson.